Today, you're hearing best insights on winning listings from three of our most recent top-rated interviews with agents from three very different parts of the country in the United States and three very different companies. What all of these agents have in common is that they are all luxury agents. They are all top in their market, and they are all nationally ranked. They are Vicki Barron, recently ranked number eight in the country from New York City with Compass. Haifa Curry with Sotheby's International Realty, who is top in her market in Silicon Valley and top 1% in the country with over $1 billion in sales. And Carrie McCormick, number one in her market, Chicago, Illinois, with App Properties. Each of these agents shares insights and stories at the table, real life, with their clients. And what they really share is transparency, authenticity, how to show up, serve clients, and eliminate the competition. Thank you for listening to the Jerry Metcalf podcast, where top real estate agents tell how they do it. This podcast was created for real estate agents across the country to come together, sharing ideas to take your, their, and our business to the next level. Our episodes are powered by Breakthrough Luxury Coaching and Membership. This is a coaching platform that was created and inspired by Jerry Metcalf Podcast, where top real estate agents tell how they do it. At Breakthrough Luxury Coaching, this is coaching and membership that provides luxury real estate agents, community and coaching that create results. To learn more, go to getstarted.breakthroughluxury.com. To get the full story, go direct to the homepage at BreakthroughLuxury.com. There's a letter from me explaining how all of this came together, and this is now launched in a big part and powered by the Jerry Metcalf Podcast. Last but not least, thank you to our sponsors. Thank you, Modern Luxury Magazine, who's been there through the ups and downs and some of the greatest successes of my career as a real estate agent. At Modern Luxury, connection and community define who we are. Modern Luxury is the nation's largest media company offering leading brands access to the most affluent audiences in the most prominent cities across the United States of America. And lookbooklink.com, thank you for your sponsorship. This is the digital business card, your digital business card, and it's here. To see mine, go to lookbooklink.com forward slash JMP. Create your own with ease in minutes. You don't even need your kid's help. And you'll have a custom name and a custom QR code for sharing. It shares not only your contact info, it shares key resources for your prospects as you meet people. Your prospects and people that you meet will not only never lose your information, they'll see right away why to hire and refer you without you saying a word. Go to lookbooklink.com and use promo code JMP123 for a 10% savings on every lookbook link you purchase. And now for the show. When I was not that, I don't know how long I was in the business, maybe eight or nine months, not long. And an agent asked me to join them on a pitch. So I was honored because I really didn't know what I was doing, but they're asking me to join them. I'm like, this is fantastic. So we're in the elevator. The agent appeared to be a little nervous and she turned to me and she said, with a deep breath, are you nervous? Are you nervous? And I said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not nervous. Why? And she said, well, 
did you practice? This true story. I said, did I practice? Did I practice what? <laughs> did you practice your pitch? And I thought to myself, I didn't practice my pitch. I didn't know. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I didn't know the pitch this was. is so good. Right. Like, what is a pitch lane? So I'm in this elevator with this lovely agent, so grateful to be included. And I'm, I said, I, I didn't. I know I didn't practice the pitch. And she said, you didn't? I said, you did? She said, yes, I always practice my pitch. I said, what does that mean? She said, oh, I practice. I even look in a mirror and I, I practice before I come. And I said, well, how do you know what you're going? She said to me, how do you know what you're going to say? I said, I don't know what I'm going to say. So then she looked scared. Like, why did I invite Vicky to join? Like, this woman didn't practice. She doesn't know what she's going to say. And I said, how would I know what I'm going to say when I don't know who's behind the door? So then the elevator opens up, and here we are in the landing, and the door is in front of us. And I'm puzzled. Now I am a little nervous because I'm thinking, <laughs> maybe I'm in the wrong field. Like, I, I, maybe I don't understand this whole real estate career thing. So we knock on the door, and the woman opened the door, and there she was. And sure enough, as life would have it, behind her was a wood storyboard, a carved storyboard from the Micronesia Islands. Well, I had worked in healthcare and I had been to Saipan and Guam many times and understood wow. the meaning of that storyboard. So my eyes lit up with enthusiasm. I pointed to the storyboard and I asked her, oh my gosh, you have a storyboard. And she smiled and I said, where'd you get that? And she said, you know, Ponape. And anyway, we came in, we kind of talked about that. And then we talked about the apartment. And then there was a book of interest on her table. Like I talked and asked her questions about the book. When we left, the agent said, I've never seen anything like that before in my life. And she, I said, what? And she said, that was crazy. You didn't even do the pitch. Like you didn't really talk about the pitch. You talked about crazy things and told stories and the woman loved you and she's hiring us, but I've never ever done anything like that before. And I said, well, that's the only way I know how to do it. Baron, I'm selling the house and the house needs to be the story, not me. So you see a lot of agents and they've got they blow themselves up and their the ego gets in the way and they want to sit in front of someone else and spend that precious time talking about themselves. These people don't want to know about me and my record and my success. Listen, if we do, we keep going. <laughs> well, you guys, but they want to hear, they want to know, first of all, they want to know that, it, if you ask the right questions and you, they see the wheels are turning and you're asking intelligent questions that are important to that seller, they're going to sit there and say, this person obviously knows what they're doing and they're, they're asking good questions and they're, they're going to feel safe. Like you do with the doctor. I think an analogy a lot is with maybe because I worked in healthcare, but let's say for an example, there was an agent that was panicked because they had to give bad news. By the way, I've been told that I'm a bad news specialist, like a, um, Vicki, you, you're like a bad news. You deliver bad news with such ease. With well, the fairy wand, that's mine. 
Yeah, because you get it, it is it is what it is, right? But mm -hmm. think about this. If a seller, you have to give them bad news. Maybe the third deal blew up and they're not going to sign the contract. And that's not good news, right? You have to give that bad news. So I had an agent one day called me. She was panicked. She didn't know what to do. And I said, she was literally sick to her stomach and didn't sleep all night because she was caring so much about her client. I said, pull it together. First of all, um, it's nice that you care about him, but he's not hiring you to feel sorry for him. He is hiring you for a solution. He is hiring you to get him to the finish line. So if you pick up the phone and say, Jason, I'm so sorry, I can't stay. I didn't sleep all night. I have a stomach ache. I can't believe this happened. Mm -hmm. I feel bad. I feel bad. No. Imagine if you walked in the doctor's office and the doctor opened the door and said, you know, I am so sorry. I didn't see this coming. I got the test results. It's bad. It's really bad. I didn't sleep all night. I have a stomach ache thinking about it. You'd freak out and run out of that doctor's office. You want the doctor to say, you're gonna go down the hall. This is a fact, we came to this year, we have a plan. You're gonna come back on Tuesday. We're gonna do X, Y, and Z. They want an agent to say, listen, that deal fell apart. I've already called the two backups. We have an open house schedule for Sunday. I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. You are in control, you have a strategy. You're gonna get them to the finish line. You can show emotion, You can show, but you have to have logical thinking. If you have emotional thinking and logical thinking together, you have wise thinking. If it's all just emotion, it's a hot mess. So this is going to fold right into that, right? It's going to make me look really great. I love it. It actually is. It, sh it shows how awesome you are. I was, I was on a pitch um, for a, a development. And the, I was told that they're tough. They're going to ask you, a million questions about the numbers and grill you on this whole spreadsheet. And I was really busy and didn't have a lot of notice for this interview. So I did not have the spreadsheet that I think they were wanting. I just didn't, I, I, I had too much on my plate. I was running nonstop. I showed up the interview and they asked the question, why should we hire you? The question and you I, hate. Yeah. yeah. And I said, well, it's not for my spreadsheets. And then mm. they a good answer. <laughs> right. It's not for my spreadsheet. But <laughs> I said, I I marked kind of to a different drummer. I'm not your average bear. And they I said, I tend to think a little differently. And I I tend to be creative. And I I'm a storyteller and I see the end before the beginning. And I usually have a strategy and a creative way to get there. They said, well, mm. what have you done recently that is creative? And I, the truth was I had just as a joke for my team, I just wrote, I had just finished a real estate rap song. So I said to them, well, I just honestly- Oh my God, I've done that too. Anyway, keep going. I wrote a real estate rap song and the one gentleman said, you did? I said, yeah, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it. And he said, well, can you sing it? And I said, you want me to sing it? He said, <laughs> I sang my real estate rap can song. Can you sing it? With these men. <laughs> Seriously, no, it's- I'm well, serious. I'll sing a part of it. It's, it's okay, good. 
you know, brokers wake up, wake up, wake up, get out of bed. It's way past eight and you're running late. Grab your show sheets, fact sheets, get yourself to Bank Street. MetroCard, Crunch Bar, Starbucks, too far. You ain't got no time for Starbucks. You're huffing and you're puffing and, you, um, and you're running behind just to find the sellers lounging behind with their goopy PJs and their messed up hair and the apartments in total despair. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Brokers wake up. And then it goes on to a whole financial meltdown. It was in 2000. I don't know what it was. Nine, eight, Nine, it had yeah. to be. It was hilarious. We were so shocked that one guy just started laughing. Anyway, I got the job and they never asked for the spreadsheet of the numbers. There's a whole lot to talk about and you weren't born in this country. So that being said, focusing on the career first, anything that we should highlight, like for example, you were talking about having 39 consecutive listing presentations and you won 38 of them. That's correct. Anything else we should know? I think it's the mindset and it's the not being attached to the outcome. Oh, I, I like used, it. I used to beat myself up if I did not get the listing. And sometimes I would do the listing presentation that before my daughter joined me and I would leave and I would say, oh, I'm not going to get it. And then when I get it, I would be like dancing in the streets. <laughs> and then there are times where I don't get it. And I just, I would try to reach out for the seller and say, can you please um, tell me what could have I done to gain your business? And sometimes mm -hmm. they don't share. And I would just like be so frustrated and I would just like beat myself up for like two or three weeks. And then I said, this is insanity. I'm just going to say next. I'm not going to get attached to the outcome. I'm going to go in and do my best, present my marketing plan, show my value, and mm -hmm. hopefully they will see it and they would want to work with me. And there are times where people will say, we would love to work with you if you want to work with us. And they, they will sign the listing on the spot. I love that because it sounds like you didn't change. You already cared enough and you were working hard enough, but you were showing up desperate and desperate never, never, never feels good to anybody. It wasn't desperate. I think the, the thing was having an accent and I have lived here more, more than I had lived in my own country. I still cannot get rid of the accent. So the perception of people, they, perceive me as someone who does not know the real estate law. But then I started changing my listing presentation. Initially, my listing presentation when I was doing it solo was all about me, 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 copies of all the awards, copies of all the letters that I was the top listing agent, copies of all my listings that sold. But then I, my, when my daughter came, she said, mom, this is like all you're just tooting your own horn and it has nothing to do about the seller. So we changed our listing presentation completely. And it's all about the seller. It's all about them. And that's when things, this is our breakthrough, breakthrough, that it just changed everything. So there are two things. When I finish what you were saying, were you going to add something to that? Yeah, I was going to like, um, I was in the business. I mean, I started in the business November of 1980. And, and I'll tell you, well, actually, I'm going to let you pause right there because I want to talk about you got into business in 80. But before we go there, back to the listening presentation, two quick things, because yes. I want everybody to stay with the conversation. 
two things in that listening presentation that happened were number one, it was realizing not being attached to the outcome. Yes. And in a way, when you are, it was more about you. And number two, shifting your presentation rather than trying so hard to prove yourself, you shift the focus even of the presentation to the seller. Now, yes. in that presentation, some people say there's so much focus on the broker, the broker, the agent, the agent, what we do, what we do. What was the, were there, was it a completely new presentation or were there small shifts in that presentation? Completely new presentation. Completely new. Um, wow. we, we, still, we still, the thing that we kept are the testimonials from clients, uh, but most of it was all about the seller, all about the process, all about our marketing, explaining how we do it, what we do and what works and what doesn't work. Showing them stats of clicks, of listings, thousands of clicks on certain listings. Showing them things, homes in their neighborhood that were on the market with another broker that failed to sell. And then we come in and we sell it in a week. We show them numbers. Numbers don't lie. I mean, when you look at numbers from Zillow and Redfin, that how many people had saved the listing, how many people clicked on it. And we show them what other agents post in MLS. They post like 20 pictures. We post 80 plus pictures. Mm -hmm. We have drone, we have video, we have 3D tour, we have floor plan visuals. So it's just showing our value. And we talk about that before we talk about anything else. This way, when the subject of commission comes up, after we talk about what we do, we say, we charge 6%. I mean, here in California, especially in the Bay Area, we have lots of discount brokers. Mm -hmm. We're up against top brokers that charge under 4%. Yeah. We get, most of the times we get the listing at 6%. Wow, because you're, you're, make, you're presenting value. People we show the value. value. Yes. If you're, if the funny thing is, if you're competing on price, you're a commodity. And as a real estate agent, it's, 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 it's not about that. Otherwise, Zillow would have won a long time ago. Right, right. And price, I mean, and we tell people, if you're going to choose an agent based on the price they give you, that's the wrong, that's the wrong way to do it. I had a client who is a repeat client. I've known them for a long time. I sold the commercial building for them. I sold a rental property. And three years ago, two years ago, he wanted to sell um, a property that he thought it was worth $6 million. And he said, Haifa, I am not selling it for less than $6 million. It's worth like three, five. I said, Greg, I would like to be a size two, but it's not going to happen. He said, you are crazy. I said, I am crazy, but not as crazy as you are. And guess what? It sold for three, five. Oh my God. I love that. I am so like such an anti-scripter, a big listener, like in, in like communicating. <laughs> but if there was ever a script, if there was ever a script, that is the script. We, we like two things you said in there. That's it. Sorry, go ahead. That was awesome. <laughs> so he, he says, okay, you win. And so we listed it at three, eight and you know, all the offers came in around the three, five and we got it at three, five for an all cash. And he said, you were right. I said, I told you. <laughs> two, so two scripts. Number one, I want to be a size two, but it's not going to happen. Like that is a script. 
that is yes. and number two when they say you're crazy yes i am but i'm not as crazy as you i mean like <laughs> i'll stop but i've i'm at tears because those are the best ever if you're going to script everybody that's it okay i was called to do a listing presentation i did not even have a listing presentation at the time i mean that was nobody had a listing presentation at the time it was like you just that go in yeah go in and sell yourself or if somebody and i think they had seen my name on a sign close to where they lived and it's so they saw that it's sold but they knew nothing about me and when i got there they had already interviewed four agents and i passed by this house all the time and it's like it's one of my favorite houses it's like oh my god i just love this house so when they called me i was like I was just jumping for joy. It's like I could not wait to go in and see the house. The husband was just very snobbish to me. He was like sitting like this, like, I don't want to listen to you, basically. Mm. And it was like I felt uncomfortable. And, and I know that he was like, he even asked toward the end. He said, oh, where did you go to college? He probably thought that I was just a high school dropout or something. Well, yeah, the assumptions between being an agent and having the accent, it's like, what do you really know? You're not even from here because they don't understand yeah. what's beneath right. the surface. Yeah. So the wife, the wife was very pleasant, but he was very snobbish. And, and, and it was like just a week before Thanksgiving. And at the end, they said, we had interviewed, uh, we've done with our interviews. You're the fifth person. And we will get back to you after Thanksgiving. We have family coming over the day before Thanksgiving from out of state. And we will get back to you after that. And I left there and I said, hmm, I'm not going to get it. For sure, I'm not going to get it. But then, like my inner self kept saying, who are the other agents they interviewed? They're not better than I am. I am young and I have the drive and I can get them all the answers and I can hold it open every weekend, whatever. So I go to an Italian deli and I know the butcher. I said, I want you to give me your best salami stick. I bought a, the largest, the best quality salami stick. He wrapped it in white paper. I bought sourdough bread. I bought cheeses, put a basket, a bottle of wine, olives, whatever. And I wrote on the salami stick, this is no bologna. I really would love to to work with you on marketing your home. Oh my God, I love that. And that's day, going up marketing. The day after Thanksgiving, the wife called and she said, my husband had quite a kick out of it. And he told me to call you. You got it. You, you're, we want to list with you. Wow. And that, like, that story is so powerful in so many ways because it's creative marketing, clever. Don't forget to laugh at yourself. Yes. And sometimes there's a benefit to people not seeing you coming because that husband probably underestimated you. And it kind oh. of set, sometimes when people set the bar low for you, it's not so bad because it, it, it gives you the opportunity to surprise them. To, to prove them wrong. Wow factor. Yeah. Oh, that's what I can say. I'm going to prove them wrong. And yeah. I did a good job in that bad market that I sold it to one of my clients with cash. And I've received like over the years, we've become good friends. Over the years, I must have received like 11, 12 referrals from them. 
what was the biggest like surprise or lesson learned from that shift in your career? No one handed me anything. Everything that I did was self-driven, meaning, you know, the, the hard work, the grit, the grind, the, um, you know, rebuilding my business. And, you know, I feel like I outworked so many people during the time. And it was, it was the time. I think a key thing too was having patience. Um, I never set out to say like, I want to be number one and I want to be, you know, the top 1%. It really was putting my head down and, and figuring it out and working hard. Um, also putting my ego aside. I think in, in the real estate business, you know, there's a lot of ego. There's a lot of, uh, you know, everyone does want to be number one. And I don't want to say that I didn't want to be number one, but I did. I set my ego aside. And I've got actually a good story about that. I'll tell you this real quick. I'll pivot to this story. Please. Yeah. So I went on a listing appointment. This is actually about a year ago or a little bit longer. Um, went on a listing appointment and I was the third or fourth agent that interviewed with this client. And the seller said to me, and you could just tell, like, I think they were kind of done with the interview of agents, you know, and I, I come in and have my little bag and everything I had and, One more tell, like, bag. you know, like they're exhausted of like, oh, here we go again. Right. And yeah. uh, I sense that off the, the bat. And the first thing that the husband says to me, all right, give me your pitch. I'm sure you're going to tell me you're number one and everyone, you know, comes in here that they're number one and how much they've done. Let me hear your story. And I stopped and I looked at him. Actually, this was two years ago now that I think about it. And I looked at him and I said, I'm not number one. So at the time I wasn't. I go, I'm number three. And he starts laughing. And I said, I'm not number one. And, you know, and, and, you know, I had with my, in my bag, I had like all my rankings and stuff. And I pulled it out. I said, and it says like number three. I said, I'm not number one. He goes, you're hired. I want number three. And I just thought, oh my gosh, he didn't want, you know, the person that came in there again, pounding their chest saying I'm number one and all that stuff. And, you know, we have, I've got a great relationship with that seller. And I asked him, I said, why did you pick me? He said, he goes at the end of, of what you talked about, he goes, you said nothing about yourself, meaning of how great you are. He goes, everything you said to me was about what you're going to do for me and how you're going to get my home sold and how hard you're going to work and what, you know, all of that stuff. And I just thought, and again, it was a lesson of put your ego aside. Ego doesn't service the client. You know, you service the client. So along my entire career, all of these little lessons have been um, imperative to my success. And I started telling you about patience is have patience in your business, work hard. It's not overnight, you know, for those just getting in the business, it's not like you're going to come into the game and be number one, but it's the work ethic. It's the drive. It's always doing the right thing. And I will tell you my secret I've learned along the way. And it sounds very simple is kindness. And I mean that because when you're kind wow. to people and you do the right thing, it matters. People don't care about what I know. They, well, I shouldn't say that because they kind of do, but they also care. They, they like me because they know I care. How right? do you stay in that frame of mind? Yeah. I mean, how I, do you remain we kind? Have, we all have those moments and this job is very stressful. Um, so I'm not going to say that I'm perfect hundred percent of the time. Right. But 
Um, it's how you choose to react to these situations. And this is, you know, it's again, this didn't come easy for me. It's you, you learn your lessons along the way. Um, it's how you choose to handle the situation. And I think, you know, where I'm at in my career now is, you know, communicating with people, really looking them in the eye and having discussions with them, you know, explaining your intentions. And again, it's, Everything I do comes from a good place. I know I don't have a bad bone in my body. And I just, you know, if if something does go wrong or there's something bad, or even if someone's rude to me, I will tell you, people are rude to me every day. It, they just are. You know, it just, I get attacked in all different directions. It, it's how I choose to handle it. You know, it's, if they're going to say something negative or if they're going to say something bad, that's too bad for them. You know, it's really, I just don't take it personally anymore. It's, I know who I am and I know what I do. So I choose not to adjust. We're not letting those reactions get in the way because when you choose your reactions, they're no longer reactions, they're actions. And one word you haven't used, but you are definitely displaying in everything you're saying is empathy. Yeah. Empathy. And then the other thing is I've always said, Everyone knows I'm rather a fan of the book, never split the difference. I've read it eight times. But the thing the book doesn't say, but it definitely displays, and you've done the same, is don't be defensive. In any conversation, explore, listen, empathize, ask Mm -hmm. questions that engage them. It doesn't say this, but it definitely, I remember reading and I thought, in everything, it diffuses, it mitigates defensiveness. Right. You came in and a guy said to you, hey, tell me about how you're number one too. You didn't get defensive. You didn't even talk about why people might say they're number one. You didn't explain it. You didn't do any of that. You just said, well, I'm not number one. Right. Like, I just, like, I'm not number one because number one wasn't important. Right. But what, number, what, wasn't, what was important was what he needed. Right. And how you were going to help him. That's what you're there for. You're not there to be number one. Right. And, you know, this is also, you know, it's years of learning stuff, too. And I don't ever want to come out of the gate saying, like, you know, this is um, I knew this early on because I've made mistakes early on in my career. And I think that's important for all new or younger agents is it's it's a journey. And it's also, you know, finding a mentor or someone and it doesn't have to be in real estate, but that's just someone that, you know, you you like and, you know, follow in their footsteps a little bit. So. Um, lots of lessons learned, but I have to say, since I've, um, all the the things that I'm talking about is the kindness, putting your ego aside, it's really brought me to where I currently am and I'm loving every minute of it. How do you, being a real estate agent in my career, I thought, God, thank God for this business because it has challenged me in ways and also giving me opportunities. It's given me challenges and opportunities. I, I just don't know how I would have ever, ever in my life experienced it without something like being a real estate agent. It changed me. It built character. How has it changed you? What would you say about that? I think it's it's a really good question. And I'm pausing a second because I really have to think through of how that changed me. And I I think, you know, you said the word, but it's, it is empathy because I see all different types of situations. I see the good in people. I see the bad in people. I see people's, you know, devastating situations, you know, whether they're losing a loved one or a divorce or, you know, a marriage or, you know, whatever it is, there's such 
an array of humanity in what we do. And it has given me a just different perspective on people and, you know, empathy and understanding people. And really at the end of the day, my job is to make this process of real estate easy for whatever they're going through, whether it's good times or bad times. And being able to help them through that situation really has um, fulfilled my life. Really, it has. Thanks for listening to the Jerry Metcalf podcast, where top real estate agents tell how they do it. If you like this episode, please share it with friends. To find more episodes, search Jerry Metcalf podcast on any platform for podcasts or go to Jerry Metcalf podcast. Dot com. That's J-E-R-E-M-E-T-C-A-L-F podcast.com. Dot